Good morning, Lisbon. Good afternoon, Moosecat. And good evening, Surabaya from Washington, D.C. I'm Ethan Plotkin, and this is Intrigue Out Loud, your go-to audio guide to the globe. On today's show, I'm joined by Intrigue co-founder John Fowler to discuss Iranian President Raisi's visit to Beijing and the great retirement debate in France. It's all coming up. Morning, John. How are you? I'm well, Ethan. How are you? I am still recovering from the nightmare I saw on the soccer pitch yesterday at the Emirates Stadium in North London. Uh, it's amazing to me how many people have reached out dancing on the grave of Arsenal and tacitly supporting the team that is now accused of the greatest financial scandal in Premier League history, but I don't know if you have an opinion on that. Uh, well, I think it would take a whole show to investigate uh, Man City and the general uh, finances in the <laughs> Premier League football. So I don't know. I'll just I'll just politely say I don't have any opinions. Well, let's move on to the easy stuff then. So our first story today is about a diplomatic visit, not always especially noteworthy in the world of foreign policy, but this one caught our eye. So. Who are the protagonists of this story? Yeah, so this is the story uh, of the Iranian president, Ibrahim Raisi. Um, he he took a three-day visit to Beijing uh, this week. Uh, I think it finished on Thursday uh, and took several meetings with Xi Jinping. Um, and they signed, you know, as, as diplomatic visits are always want to do, they signed dozens of new agreements on agriculture, security, cooperation, all, all these kinds of things. Right. The boring stuff that make these not noteworthy most of the time. Right. Exactly. The stuff that my former colleagues and I in a former life as a diplomat used to spend hours and hours and hours agonizing over, but no one else really cares about. <laughs> but um, anyway, so it is actually a pretty noteworthy worthy visit it's the um it's the first time an iranian leader has been to china in 20 years so you know that's a long time for two countries that are you know have relatively good relations um but it's the second time that Raisi and xi jinping have met since september uh, of 2022 they just haven't met in china you know i think there's a lot going on around this visit uh Raisi visited uh the uh, the Chinese Muslims, which is interesting because Beijing is obviously under a lot of pressure uh, over its treatment uh, of the Uyghurs. Um, so you know the the uh, the tacit sort of approval of a of an Iranian president visiting Chinese Muslims is probably a win for Xi Jinping. So yeah, it was it's an interesting visit. Uh, you mentioned that they met before in September 2022, September last year. What makes that date specifically so noteworthy? Oh well, it's. Pretty much when the protests that um, you know I'm sure our listeners have heard of, but the protests in Iran kicked off in September 2022. Um, that was when the the flashpoint, which was the killing of a 22 year old woman by the the Iranian morality police, um, she was actually killed on the same day that Raisi and Xi Jinping were meeting. I mean, it's obviously just a coincidence, but it's kind of a bookend that they met at the start of these protests, and the protests are still going on in that interim period. As most folks will know, hundreds of protesters have been killed, dozens more executed or, you know, on death row. Um, and tens of thousands of Iranians have been arrested. Uh, and the international community has predictably slapped a bunch more sanctions on Iran. And, you know, we, we know this story and how it goes. Um, so the interesting angle here is China generally tries to stay out of these kinds of um, things. It doesn't want to attract more attention from the international community than it already has. Um, and it also doesn't like to 
in, you know, it tries not to interfere in other countries' domestic politics, at least publicly, because it always tells others not to do it to it. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of dynamics going on. So from what I understand, these protests are, are very quietly winding down. There hasn't been a ton of coverage of this, but uh, it seems like the regime has, has gotten its way and uh, people are leaving the streets. So what else is Iran hoping China can help it with? Yeah, so it's important to note, I think, that the protests are winding down. They're not over yet, but some of the heat has come out of them um, from you know what we saw on the news a little while ago understandable. They've been going on since September, and that's a long time to keep energy in these kinds of protests, particularly when you're facing the crackdowns and the dire uh, you know, punishments that the Iranian regime has been meeting out. So I think Iran is using this opportunity to kind of look outwards to its friends or at least its partners to see where it can get some relief from the sanctions that the international community has put on it in that period. Iran needs help bringing uh, the US and the West back to the nuclear table for the uh, back to the negotiating table for the nuclear deal. If it's dealing with China uh, and has a good relationship with China, maybe China can uh, help get the US and Iran back in the same room. China, after all, was fairly key in the 2015 uh, Iran deal, getting all sides to the table. Um, but more than that, too, I think, uh, you know, Iran wants to sell its oil uh, to China because um, China is starting to buy a lot of Russian oil and Iran, I think, probably worries that it's going to lose a customer or at least you know, not be able to sell as much of its uh, chief export as it previously has been able to. Um, and it probably wants some other sanctions relief. You know, invest. I think there was some talk about investment in the international airport in Tehran and, and, a, and a rail link uh, in northern Iran, uh, you know, these kinds of partnerships are what regimes like Iran need to survive because they need to get the money from somewhere. They need to sell their oil somewhere. Um, and it's not going to be the West. So I think that's probably what's what uh, Iran's hoping to get out of the visit. And and from China's perspective, why invite President Raisi and roll out the red carpet? Well, I mean... A couple of reasons, but very quickly. One, China wants to present as much of a united front against the US-led global order as it can. Uh, Iran would like to see a rollback of the US's involvement, uh, just like China would. So there's the this mutual benefit in pushing back against US hegemony. On the other side, it kind of wants to keep Iran at arm's length. I mean, this Iran has been quite unhappy with China in the last couple of months because Xi Jinping didn't go to Iran when he went to Saudi Arabia last year. So there's this sense also that China doesn't want to cozy up too close to a regime uh, that could bring unnecessary heat onto, onto Beijing. Right, welcome back. Next up, we're taking a look at protests in France. Again, wouldn't ordinarily be news uh, because protests in France aren't exactly uncommon. But these ones have been ongoing for such a long time that it's worth understanding them. So, John, what's the story? Yeah, I think uh, our French listeners might get upset with us saying that, but it's true. The French, the French love a protest. I don't think I've been to Paris without there being something going on in the streets. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so this story is with the protest that started last month, um, you know, essentially over a plan by uh, President Macron to raise the national retirement age from 62 to 64 
by 2030. Um, so that that's what the protests are about. They've had a remarkable staying power. Uh, you know, we're talking about a million people on the streets uh, this last Saturday that just went past across France. Um, and on Thursday, teachers, train drivers, nurses and, and other workers all went on strike and held demonstrations as well. Uh, so, you know, really widespread, huge involvement from a lot of a lot of the population. It's kind of unthinkable, really, in a lot of other countries to get a million plus people out on the streets at, at one time. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned you mentioned protests in, in Paris when you've been there. Uh, these protests are in Marseille. They're in everywhere, right? Uh, Lyon. They're in every every single city you can think of. Yeah, I, I think that's because they're being led by unions too. They have that organizing thread throughout the whole country. Um, they're not sort of just like spontaneous things. They're very, very well orchestrated by the unions. Um, and I think they're, they're saying that participation is flagging a little bit. Again, understandable. They've been going on for a while, but um, they are planning a strike for March the seventh which is designed um, to bring the whole country to a standstill for, for days. So there's all this popular discontent. It doesn't seem to be going away. It's not just Paris. It's all over the country. Surely Macron is second guessing this, right? Is he still planning to go through with this plan? I mean, it, why is he pursuing this plan to begin with? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we have his public statements and it looks like he is planning to go through with it. Um trying to get the reform passed. And again, I, I I might get in trouble for saying this, but I feel kind of sorry for Macron here because he's, you know, he's pursuing pen pension reform as one of his key landmark, um, you know, reforms. It was what he was reelected on, or at least a big part of why he was reelected. Um, and, he's, and he's doing it because he thinks it's like necessary in France. And he's not wrong, I don't think. Uh, you know, France has a really high life expectancy um, and it has one of the lowest retirement ages of a developed country. Uh, so you have this idea of like 16% uh, of GDP on, is spent on pensions because people are living longer, uh, but they're still retiring at the same age you know, as they have for decades. And that gap is growing um, compared to the EU average of 13% uh, 13.6% of GDP spent on pensions and the US only spends 7%. So you get a sense that France is kind of a bit of an outlier when it comes to retirement age and aging populations. Um, Spain's increasing their retirement age to 67, so is Germany. France isn't alone, but they are the ones that are protesting against it most vehemently at the moment. I think one number that really sums it up is that there were four French workers per retiree in the 1960s. So four French workers paying into the, the pension system uh, for every person who was taking out of it. And now that ratio is 1.7 workers to one retirement age person. And that, and that number is going to come down to, you know, one to one perhaps in the future. Yeah, I think I saw 1.4 to one by 2030 when this plan is supposed to uh, come into effect. So... What happens next then? It's hard to know what's happening next, but the unions aren't known for giving up. Um, so they say France should raise taxes on the wealthy to make that shortfall in the pensions up. I mean, I think all sides agree that the current system isn't sustainable. It's that they disagree with how to fix it. Um, you know, Macron is a former banker, which doesn't help his kind of like political optics in trying to push through what is essentially, in a way, a tax because you're making people work longer. Um, so perhaps he's the wrong messenger for this. Maybe they need someone who's further to the left to sort of say, hey, this is actually necessary. He he also doesn't have a lot of support um, in the French parliament. I mean, he started off with a lot of support, but he's losing it. Um, he's lost 
he lost his majority, obviously, last last time he was elected. So he's been working with a you know a cobbled together coalition um, to pass laws anyway. Um, but now even members of his own party, so not just his coalition, but his own en marche party, are uh, planning to vote against the uh, the pension reform because it's just it's just super unpopular. Sixty seven percent of French people oppose it. So. You know, it's hard to know what's happening next. I don't, I don't know where the room for movement is. Um, it was central to Macron's re-election campaign. So, you know, if he, if he decides to shelve the policy, then you know he's lost a lot of his authority. He's a bit of a lame duck president for, you know, a, a, a most of his second term. But as I said, it's not just France who is facing this issue. It's a long list of countries that are, as we get older and we retire at similar ages to fifty years ago. That gap between being a productive member of the economic society uh, is getting getting longer and longer. Well, it sounds like uh, we may have to to get accustomed to the idea of working longer, which is probably music to your ears, you bourgeois uh, industrialist, you tyrant, John. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I would like to retire tomorrow <laughs> if I could. Here are a couple other stories we're tracking today. U.S. officials arrested several more U.S. citizens in relation to the assassination of former Haitian President Jovenel Moïse in 2021. Investigators say the men were hoping to win lucrative government contracts from whoever succeeded Moïse as president. Nicola Sturgeon, Scotland's pro-independence first minister for nearly a decade, announced that she would step down in a surprise press conference on Wednesday. Support for Scottish independence has only marginally increased since a failed independence referendum in 2014. And that's going to do it for me. By the way, do you ever use Google Alerts to track important information or maybe check to see if your name is appearing anywhere on the web? We do. Uh, But you really will never guess the article that popped up yesterday when we asked Google to track international intrigue. I just have to insist that you check out the newsletter to learn more. In the spirit of the protests in France, we'll be off for U.S. President's Day on Monday, but we'll be back in your inbox on Tuesday and back in your podcast app on Wednesday. So in the meantime, I'm Ethan Plotkin. See you then. Hold up. 